0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is
1: advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800.
0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion. Tonight, uh, we'll just talk about some of the sex stories or the stories about sexuality that have come up this week. Uh, some of the stories that we will be talking about. The turkey drop. Yes, it's a catchy phrase. Will your relationship make it to the new year? This is like a really uh a common time around this time for breakups we'll talk about why is it safe to have sex in a bathtub and we'll talk about new york city's anti-airdrop dick pic law yes there is such a thing and of course we can talk about uh, the rise of sexting in our youth that and more but first
1: time to check out our inbox your calls and texts are always welcome Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800.
0: So let me answer some of your questions. Some I get by uh, by email. Lori at DrLori.com is my email address, which you can send at any point. I got this one uh, this morning. I'm 27 years old, uh, male, and I'm still a virgin, never kissed. I'm worried since the V-card is often mocked that women don't or won't understand. I also fear that I have missed the best time in life to have and enjoy sex. Does any of this suggest something wrong with me? Because I can't help feeling like a failure as a man. So when you ask what's wrong with you, first of all, is it by choice or not by choice? So if you have decided to, become, to stay a virgin until you find the right person or until marriage, Then it's by choice and you will have to handle the fact that yes, uh, for uh, some people, many people in this day and age, um, I guess, uh, mock this kind of thing. But it is your choice and you need to stick by your choice and try not care too much what people think. If this is something that you have decided in in terms of taking control of your own uh, sexuality but I'm getting the sense that maybe not. And the problem may be, and I would want to speak more to you about this, but um, about how you connect with others. Like, are you having trouble uh, relating uh, to a uh, sex partner or any partner for that matter are you having trouble uh knowing how to approach i'm just going to assume heterosexuality here but although it could be homosexuality um like are you having trouble approaching women do you not know what to say do you feel awkward are you excessively shy we'd have to know what is Blocking you because it's not just about losing your virginity. If it's just about losing your virginity, and I I know we've had this kind of question before, and I remember plenty of texts that said, "Well, I just go pay for it." So I'm not sure that that's what you're looking for, but maybe more of a uh, a relationship, a girlfriend, somebody that you can have a sexual life with. If the trouble is you getting having trouble uh, connecting then I would suggest you work with a dating coach. We talk about this on dating, excuse me, on dating dilemmas here quite a bit. Uh, And in fact, uh, Frank Kermit will be joining us on Wednesday night. So this is something that I will bring up. Uh, His specialty happens to be adult male virgins. So looking at that and and helping them out. So you may want to work directly with a coach who will be able to kind of dissect how you. Uh, what What is in your approach like is are you doing things that are turning people off, creeping them out like so they 'll be able to give you some of the social tools that you need and work directly with you so that 's something that you can do. You can check him out at uh, franktalks.com dot com and and um, and work directly. Uh, with a coach, um, the, you also say you fear that you've missed the best time in your life to, uh, have and enjoy sex. You can enjoy sex at any point in your life. I'm not sure that there's a, um, a best time. In fact, as we get older, it is the best time. It's not in our youth when we don't know what the heck we're doing half the time. Uh, it, it is when you develop your sexuality and evolve and you know what you're looking for. And you know what you want a little bit more. It doesn't stop you from self-pleasuring by the way. So I hope that that's something that you can still, uh, engage in. Uh, so it's hard to say what you missed out on. You can't, you can't wish for something that just isn't, you can't turn back the clock. So you'll have to adapt from here on in and make the next, uh, years of your life. Uh, some of the, uh, the best sex of your life, let's say, um, so that's something and you know again the, the whole is there's something wrong with me I think a lot of uh, virgins ask themselves that uh, that question because of the societal pressures that we have uh, in terms of sexuality so that, that's part of it alright next question if you have questions by the way send them in 514-800 and you can do that throughout the show even though I'll be uh, sharing some sex stories uh, with you and any comments that you have or anything you want to add, you want to put in your two cents, even regarding a, a question that I, I I'm answering. Uh, maybe it's uh, an experience that you've had, something that you've um, experienced, then uh, then share it with our listeners. I think they find it uh, quite helpful. Uh, let's see. I have a question about my relationships. I got out of a bad one and I want to get into a good one again. I have quite an attachment to porn as well. I think porn is okay in certain circumstances. I've read uh, about NOFAP. NOFAP is a a movement against, uh, like, to stop watching porn and masturbating, for example, to get to kind of retrain yourself um, and other things as well. What I want to ask is, is some porn okay every now and then or will it halt me from starting another relationship? Uh, So generally people who join this no fat movement, by the way, which is again taking a break from porn and masturbation, are people who feel that their behavior has had an impact, a negative impact on their lives. Most porn watchers though, most, I'd say the majority do so in a non-compulsive manner, like the social drinker versus the alcoholic. Uh, when porn is compulsive, it can have, of course, negative consequences, especially on your sexual relationship. So watching porn to arouse yourself for the purpose of masturbation is common practice. Just to give you a, a hint, one, one website Pornhub gets 100 million visits a day from around the world, just to show you how common this is. Um, also, when you think about uh, masturbation and you compare it with sex with a partner, it's a very, very different. So personally, it's my opinion. I don't see how using porn now and again... Uh, can impede you from starting another relationship. But you do need to have realistic expectations about your sexual relationship. You, porn is fantasy, and we need to keep that in mind. That is not what real-life sex is like, for the most part. Just like when you watch an exciting uh, um, movie about fast cars, and, and I, you know, you know what I'm talking about, these exhilarating kind of fast movies where you're seeing car crashes and 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 speeding and all that that you're never going to learn how to drive from watching that so it's very much the same and in your head you know that that is not reality that is not how most people drive cars just like porn that is not how most people engage in uh in sex so that's uh, important to remember Coming up, we'll talk about turkey drop time. Are you at risk for a breakup this year? Will your relationship survive? We'll talk about that. From the pleasure
1: to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
0: So are you worried? Will your relationship make it to the new year? We are actually entering the prime breakup season. Uh, the winter and all these holidays—Christmas, New Year's, and then Valentine's Day—are all all on the horizon, making now a good time, unfortunately, for unhappy people to make a change. The turkey drop. This is a catchy phrase that catcher that captures the spike in romantic breakups that occurs annually in late fall. Uh, this comes from data from uh, researchers who examine changes in Facebook status and they corroborate the turkey drop. A dramatic rise in romantic breakups seem to occur during the few weeks leading up to the Christmas holiday. It sounds so heartless on the one hand, of course, right? Initiating a breakup so close to the holidays. Um People who are in unhappy relationships might be motivated to end their relationships around this time before the hoopla of the holiday begins. This would avoid the holiday gift giving pressure, the mandatory New Year's Eve plans, Valentine's Day expectations, and all that stuff. But what's noteworthy is the spike in engagements that occur around the holiday season as well. According to statistics, nearly 20% of marriage proposals occur in December. So you've got a rise in breakups and a rise in engagements. Uh, If you're married, your relationship is probably safe from the dreaded turkey drop, apparently. Uh, Despite the seasonal spike in breakups around Thanksgiving among dating couples, the story looks different For married couples, researchers at the University of Washington analyzed divorce filings over a 15-year period and discovered that a spike in divorce filings tends to occur during March and August. Why? Why would they peak around March and August? They hypothesized that rather than succumbing to the turkey drop, the researchers speculated that couples who are already in a committed partnership may view the holidays with hope. Married couples might imagine the possibility of a return to happier times, a stitching back together of existing open wounds, or the opportunity for gestures that will change the current direction of a struggling relationship. But come March, after the winter and the holidays fail to meet the expectations, couples may be in a position to take the final step. Apparently, same story applies uh, to August, but this time the focus is on uh, family vacations. so they hope that family vacations may spark up or uh, make the relationship better and when they are disappointed then uh, the breakups ensue apparently the other breakup season is late february to early march which is more of a spring cleaning and, and very much coincides at least in young dating couples to college uh, spring breaks so around uh, college spring breaks is when there's this uh, tends to happen. Any thoughts? Uh, please send them along. Five one four eight hundred to text in. CJD today reported on uh, a report that was uh, found in Journal de Montreal in a new study uh, that surveyed over thirty three thousand high school students, and they looked at the rates of uh, sexting. The study was released by uh, Laval University, which showed that a quarter of young people between the ages of 12 and 17 who are asked for nude or sexual pictures agree to send them. And if you look at the 15 and 16-year-olds, so that's like grade 10 and 11, uh, that number jumps to half one in two that's a lot of sexting that's happening Uh, the study also showed that girls between 12 and 16 are more likely than boys to send sexual pictures but once they look at teens 17 and older boys are more likely to send the pictures Uh, so what's happening here um let me just share a few more statistics and then we could talk about this 12.8 percent of young people say they were asked for the sexual pictures of themselves at least once 8.8% of young people say they were asked a few times 4% say they were asked often or very often uh, 77% of those asked for nude or sexual pictures refused to send them. So that's good news, but almost uh, 23% agreed to send them. So this to me says we need absolutely need to talk about this because that becomes common behavior. If you look at the teenage brain, that uh, whose frontal cortex, uh, prefrontal cortex, is n- not completely developed. Which is the reasoning part, which is the um, uh, being able to look ahead at consequences, we need to put that in there. We need to talk about that with them, and we i mean the grown ups around, so whether it 's through the school, the parents, and it should be everybody, all of the above in fact, but this kind of stuff needs to be discussed because of the potential. Consequences, which we have seen. I mean, we've been talking about sexting for years now, years since smartphones have come out. Uh, it's just that it's starting to be to grow in terms of the a mode of communication uh, between uh, teenagers, between young people, and it's also used with adults. But at least adults are slightly more aware or think more about the potential consequences. Not all, mind you. Some are just darn you know pretty uh, clueless about this kind of stuff but they should be uh, we would expect more from uh, from adults so this is something that is com and commonplace enough that we absolutely need to to talk about this with our youth to let them know that there are dangers, dangers of people disseminating this, these pictures to others. So s- spreading it out there. So once it's out there, it may be out there for good and you can't take it back. So that's a problem. And then there's the legal aspect of it as well, which I believe has to change, uh, as we're finding out more and more about this. And as we, uh, are now recognizing that this is a commonplace enough form of, Uh, dating communication, if you will, in in youth, that to criminalize it um, is very damaging to youth. So imagine you have this scenario where you have two 16-year-olds sending uh, sexy pictures to each other and then somehow it gets in the hands of someone else and the two youths are now charged with child pornography. And they would be and could be charged with distribution of child pornography if they pass, the, if these pictures get around. These teens did not set out to make child pornography. This was not the purpose of it. Like, we're not looking at intent. The law doesn't even look at intent in situations like that. So the law will have to adapt to this, I believe, at one point. I hope so soon. So that. Uh, kids' lives aren't damaged either by such arrests and being labeled as sex offenders in the end, when it wasn't a sex offense per se. So that's a, a, a big topic. It gets me riled up a little bit. This topic. Uh, I wonder what you uh, what you think about this. Curious five one four eight hundred. Uh, text to write. Hi, Dr. Lori. The young man who is still a virgin at 27 is not missing anything. I lost my virginity at 25. The best sex is with the BBC—one you are in love with, so the person you are committed to. Well, it's uh, it's true that the many people will say the best sex is the one combined with intimacy with somebody that you are in love with. And clearly you waited and now you see that. So uh, that's encouraging to others who have also waited, maybe by choice, maybe uh, not by choice. Uh, This is one turkey who would die and go to heaven if I was in in a position to be dropped. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let me talk to you about this. I, I love this article. People often ask this question, but we'll talk about it generally. Is it safe to have sex in a bathtub? What do you think? You think it's a good idea? It might be fun. It sure looks like fun in the movies, right? Sex in the bathtub. It looks good on screen. But it's not so good for you, and uh, I'll tell you why. First of all, it carries the risk of UTIs, urinary uh, tract infections. So if you are prone to urinary tract infections, there are germs in the water that you are in, whatever body of water it is, be it a pool, a lake, a, a hot tub, even a bathtub, which may come in contact with your urethra during sex, and you will get an infection, or you can get an infection. Uh, also, we think water. Water's wet, but it isn't a lubricant. It, it's actually the opposite. It works the opposite way. So having sex in a or intercourse in a in a in a thing in a, in a water, whatever water you're using, actually dries up. It's not a natural lubricant. Uh, for your body. It, it actually washes away the natural lubricants of your body. So your natural uh, lub- uh, lubrication from arousal, for example. So uh, it, it it's it actually does quite the opposite, dries you up rather than lubricates you. Uh, also keep in mind that bodies of water uh, are not really that clean and you may not want any of the germs and bacteria around your uh, genitals and being pushed into uh, a vagina for example it can also get painful sex can be painful in water because of the dryness um, it can make condoms less effective uh, the chemicals that are present in the water like extreme hot if it's a hot tub for example or very cold temperatures can uh, cause the condom to be less effective it can break down uh, the condom so again that's a problem and then uh, you know what about chlorine in your private parts and things like that uh, so again vaginal tears that can happen too because of a lack of lubrication and the last thing is it could also increase your risk of yeast infections the chlorine and sometimes a lot of chlorine in the hot tub or the pool is um, really messes up the ph balance of uh, of your vagina and that could be uh, quite a problem so not a good idea to have sex in a bathtub coming up we'll talk about new york city's anti-airdrop dick pick law how the hell will that one work we'll find out after we check in with our newsroom right here on cjd800 The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
0: I like this music. All right. I want to share this story with you. I thought this was really interesting. A bill introduced last week by two members of the New York City Council would punish people who send harassing Sexually explicit photos and videos with up to a year of jail time or a $1,000 fine. One unfortunately growing trend the bill hopes to thwart, cyber flashing. That basically is sending unwanted dick pics, which many a person has received, including myself, unfortunately, Uh, oh boy. Anyway, uh, so this is, and this is what's happening here. Cyber flashing is a little bit different. Okay. What they're talking about, it's a different type of harassment where creeps are using, uh, Apple's airdrop feature. So, you know, you can airdrop if you, if you have a picture to send and you press airdrop, it picks up the signals from people around you, and then you can just transfer, the uh, picture to them. Now you have to accept or decline, but the picture shows up before you can accept or decline it. So if you've ever done that with multiple people in a room, you have to make sure you know whose cell phone you're sending it to. Okay. Uh, And so this is what they're doing. The, the cyber uh, flashers and they're doing this to unsuspecting strangers, whether it be on the subway, whatever public transit in a restaurant, whatever, whatever, whatever. So, Now they're trying to uh, make a law so that people who do this will be arrested. They say you should be held to the same standard and the law should be applied to you equally as those that do this offline, like flashing people offline. I'm curious as to what you think about this. I just don't know how enforceable this will be. How the heck can they put this into practice? Uh, And this article talks about uh, like it's very complicated simply from a a, a technical and even a legal perspective because it's just like it is hard to regulate all kinds of other online um, harassment. So say you're sitting on a subway and a stranger sends you a naked picture via airdrop. So you're looking around, you're saying who the heck is sending me this, but you know, there's a whole bunch of people on the, on the subway. Uh, so you're very limited to be able to identify who it is. Um, and how does law enforcement, like there's, and also like to, how do they even get to it? Right. Like there's, you can't, it's hard to trace. You can't really you can't really do that. The tra- apparently, the digital trail is very uh, weak with this. So, um, how are you supposed to know who is sending you this? And it can be uh, quite uh, harassing. You know, you don't want. It's, it's like being flashed, really. Um, so they're talking about this. Um, the uh, the person, the, this councilman, says uh, points to an ongoing case in New York City where a doorman sent lewd texts to several tenants. Uh, police knew the perpetrator's identity, but they couldn't pursue the case because under New York state law, he hadn't actually committed a crime. That's the law that they want to change. But in this case, they were able to know who it was. But with the, uh, the, the, the flasher, um, the cyber flashing and using airdrop, that's going to be really, really, uh, difficult to do. So I'm not sure how this, how do you feel about this as a form of harassment that can be criminalized? Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think we should be doing this. I don't think we should be sending uh, n- nude pictures of our junk to uh, to people we don't know or who haven't solicited it from us, who haven't asked us for it. It's, we're receiving this non-consensually and, and some people make fun of it and think, oh, it's a big deal. It's, it's funny, ha, ha, ha. Uh, but it may not be funny to everybody. Uh, truly it's just like being flashed. It can be uh, traumatic for some people and others might take it lightly, but for many people, they could be uh, traumatized by it. Uh, Dr. Lori to not have this happen, disable the airdrop app. Yes, that's a very good, uh, option actually. And people you're listening. That's what you can do. You can turn off your, your airdrop, but I forget to do that because my, I use my airdrop quite a bit. Um, but you're right. So if you're getting on, if you're somewhere where there's a lot of people, maybe you want to turn off your, uh, your airdrop. I hope I'm not giving anybody ideas to do this really. <laughs> like I'm, I, I know this is happening in New York. I've not have heard of, I, nobody has told me about this here, uh, happening in Montreal, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this probably happens a lot and we don't really have a way to handle it. Like I got a, an unsolicited dick pic. What am I supposed to do with that? Call the like I call the cops. I got this picture. Do you want it? What do you want to do with this? What does this mean? Is this even legal? Illegal? Uh, is it a form of harassment? Not a form of harassment? Like, we're not clear yet on this on all of this. Like all this this digital harassment uh, is just we just don't have the um, the laws in place to deal with this, nor the ways to, to maybe identify or prosecute or what have you, because somebody might say, oh, uh, I didn't intentionally do that. Or, you know, there, there may be all kinds of reasons and where they say that their intent wasn't to harass, for example. So it becomes a, he said, she said, or she said, she said, or he said, she, he said, whatever. So it's one person's word against the other. And how do you go around um, prosecuting that. I really, I, I have no idea. And speaking of uh, prosecuting, this police officer, a German police officer, has been found guilty of sexual assault. Why? What did he do? For removing a condom during sexual intercourse without the consent of his partner. We've mentioned this. We've talked about this on the air before. This is known as stealthing. Uh, removing a condom without the partner knowing or damaging the condom purposely, like purposely doing this without the person's uh, consent. The, def- the defendant, who's 36 years old, was found guilty in Berlin <clears throat> after carrying out the offense at his apartment. He received an eight-month suspended jail sentence and was fined about $3,400 in damages, and he's ordered to pay for the sexual health testing uh, for the victim. The victim told the court that she explicitly requested the man to wear a condom and gave no consent to sexual intercourse without protection. She gave consent for intercourse, just not without protection. She added that she realized that the man had not been wearing a condom only when he ejaculated. She subsequently left the the apartment enraged, worried that she might've caught a sexually transmitted disease, called the police, um, and and so it went on. Unfortunately, uh, stealthing is the subject of continuing legal and linguistic global debate. Um, it's only been possible now because of their law since 2016. But stealthing cases have been reviewed in the U.S., in Switzerland, and. Right here in Canada, a 2014 Supreme Court of Canada ruling upheld a sexual assault conviction of a man who pierced holes in a condom without his sexual partner's knowledge. Another uh, form of uh, of stealthing. In Switzerland, same thing. A man was convicted of rape uh, after taking off a condom during sexual intercourse without the knowledge of his Uh, partner and uh, uh, so this has been going on so this is something new that we're seeing it's kind of frankly very uh, scary but this is a police officer imagine next I want to talk to you about what is it that makes some women attracted to notorious killers in prison like why are these killers receiving all kinds of love letters it's sick like it's it's mind-boggling We'll talk about that.
1: It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800.
0: I love Christmas music. This is the sexier kind of Christmas music, nonetheless. All right, a couple of texts here. Uh, Another little helpful hint. Set your airdrop settings to contacts only. Uh, yes, that's also important to do. You know what I have found when I use airdrop? Now I'm, I'm a big airdrop user, so I, I use this a lot, but when I ask people, oh, I'm going to airdrop it to you, they don't actually know what it is. A lot of people have no idea how to use it. So they don't even know what their settings are on that. So just, if you don't know, ask someone who knows and set your airdrop settings to contacts only, and then you will not get, uh, cyber flashed by somebody on The Metro, for example, Uh, in terms of, uh, regarding this, the stealthing, the police officer who stealthed his partner, the SOB broke the agreement with the partner. That's right. He broke the agreement. So it's not a case of rape, but it is a case of sexual assault, which is interesting. That's how they, uh, the police have actually looked at that. Uh, And Rick writes, uh, for the record, I've never had a woman send me a nude pic of any kind and I'm 57 years old. I'm very disappointed. Well, have you asked nicely? You know, that might help. Not a good idea. (laughs) Don't send. Like I, for me, the advice is eh, just don't because you don't know who's going to see it, where it's going to end up. And just, it's better to be safe than sorry in this regard. All right, what makes some women attracted to notorious killers in prison? This came to light with this new, uh, new, uh, very unfortunate but yet another story. Uh, Chris Watts, 33-year-old field operator in Colorado, tanned, fit, uh, looking into the camera in anguish, begging for his family to come home. His parents had his uh, his pregnant wife and two daughters had vanished, uh, but soon discovered, uh, evidence, I guess. And then he admitted to all three murders. Apparently this kind of domestic violence, uh, killing had all the ingredients for a tabloid sensation, a pretty mom who documented her every move on social media, a disappearance, a pregnancy, and a vicious, inexplicable crime. Uh, so when the district attorney released thousands of pages of documents related to this crime among those documents was a whole bunch of letters, adoring letters sent to him while he sat in jail awaiting trial to some women <clears throat> observing from far. They looked at Watts as a heartthrob and a potential romantic interest sick. No, but this phenomenon of women becoming infatuated with murderers behind bar, bars is not new. Ted Bundy, John Wayne uh, Gracie, uh, um, uh, Charles Manson, all engaged to women who began uh, writing to them in prison. Well, at least Charles Manson was to a woman who began to write to him in prison when she was just a teen. What's going on here? Cases like this appear to be increasing because of the public's fascination, apparently, with true crime and the rise of social media. In this article, they went digging a little bit and they went to look for, okay, what's like what's happening here? So they went to the experts to find out why are women attracted to men locked up for monstrous crimes? Apparently, some are motivated by a desire to, For fame, they want to be in the spotlight and they believe that having a relationship with a high-profile killer could translate to a television interview or a book deal. They don't look at the crime. They look at his fame and they don't even do it on a conscious level, apparently. They think that by being associated with the killer, they can get their names in the papers too. Another forensic uh, psychology professor said that in rare cases, women may be sexually aroused by the idea that the men committed a violent act. This is a perversion, which falls with not a normal, uh, fetish, but categorized as a psychiatric disorder as hebristophilia. It's a titillation, um, of getting close to violence, like being aroused when you are close to violence. So that, but that's much rarer. I think the most common thing is that women are motivated by an instinct to nurture They think, and very naively, I might add, that they can fix these men with their love. They want to tame them. It empowers them to believe that she, unlike anyone else out there, can create the special relationship that's going to change the guy and redeem him. Uh, So uh, according to this uh, forensic psychologist, many women who reach out to men in prison do have low self-esteem. In some cases, she said, women may have experienced abuse in the past. They feel unlovable. They don't feel they deserve a man who has more to offer them. And so they go for this very special kind of relationship with a murderer. It's sounds beyond sick. Doesn't it? Beyond. Uh, text writes, Dr. Lori, these women think they can cure them. They don't think that they will be the next victim. That's right. They don't, they don't even look, they don't even, I don't even think question the crime so much like a lot of these letters when they were looked at it was they were just words of adoration it wasn't like why did you do it or how could you no the crime wasn't mentioned the crime wasn't mentioned at all which it's like that's even sicker right (laughs) is they're just looking at them as this object i I don't know i i don't get it uh so you know i told you I, i really like christmas music i'm not sure i would like this so much, but uh, this gospel artist and actress Tamela Mann and her husband David Mann have produced an album of get this Christian sex songs. Dave, you're gonna have to find these songs. I, I'm curious to know what they are. Um, it's an album for couples who want to enjoy intimacy without tasteless lyrics. uh uh-huh. Uh, David uh, Mann, the producer, uh, says it's making baby music. Why, you can't have sex without making babies really uh even though you knew we were talking about love it wasn't nasty love music tamela says it's about music to make love not to have sex david says this album was one that we wanted to give to our people because when you're having those intimate moments you know we were listening to something is it really Uh, necessary Uh, I don't know David joked that people are probably listening to R. Kelly or Ron Isley when trying to get romantic so we wanted to make music that people can have those intimate moments without with and not listen and be like girl let me slap you bump you pop you all that stuff so I guess the question is Don't even Christian couples who have been together for a long time may still want to, I don't know, slap you, bump you, pop you every once in a while? Uh, Or is it all about just making babies? I don't think so, right? I thought that was a cute way to end the uh, end, end the night. What do you think? I'm uh, not here on Monday. Of course, it is uh, Christmas Eve. I want to wish you all uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. But I will be back on Wednesday with a, a live show for you. We've got our dating dilemmas. So I'm sure some of the stuff that came up over the holidays in terms of uh, families and dating and introducing your partners to in-laws and all of that is surely to come up uh, I'm quite sure so that's on on Wednesday night so we'll catch up together and be together on uh, on that night in the meantime have a great holiday weekend thank you so much for listening to us Uh, thank you for uh, chiming in as well and giving us your two cents Dave Simon have a wonderful week off Uh, enjoy it happy holidays and thank you for all that you do here on our show you can find me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, it is the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening. Enjoy your weekend and the next few days off. And remember to live your life with passion.